part three of Please Stop Unhinged Behavior, or is that what it's called? Please Stop Unhinged Behavior. Yeah, I think that's what we're calling it. Please stop. I'm Chaz. I'm Katie. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being here. This is now part three in our saga of our journey to L.A., I believe this will be the final part. I think this is going to be part three of three. The grand finale you've all been waiting for, said nobody. But okay, we last left off. We were in Buster's car on our way to a very nice dinner to make up for his lack of communication and insanity. As we're pulling out onto the PCH, he tells us, we are not going to the dinner. We are going to, quote, my friend, who I don't know his last name, quote, unquote, house party somewhere around the hills. I personally am screaming and panicking. Katie, I would like you to take over because at this point I almost black out out of fear. Yeah, it was it was so alarming. You guys have to understand the place that we were in that had we put ourselves in this place? Yeah, but everything had been fine up to this point. We would have obviously left if there were any like very major red flags. So you have to understand that from our perspective, up to this point, things had been okay. And we had felt pretty safe with this guy. It was in this moment where everything sort of came to a head for both of us when he pulled out onto the highway with zero warning for us. No time for us to figure out, hey, where are we going? How far away is it? Does that mean we're not going to dinner anymore? We felt lied to. We felt like he had just lured us into his car with the promise of a dinner reservation at a nice place that he was supposed to be taking us to to make up for his behavior that day, which had been unhinged, to say the least. And instead of doing that, We felt totally blindsided because he just skirted right out onto the PCH, driving at breakneck speed. We've already sort of told you about his driving. It becomes worse as the night goes on, if you can imagine, and doesn't tell us where we're going, whose house we're going to. For all we know at this point, we're on our way to get trafficked. We just have no clue what's happening. And so we're trying to ask him questions. And rather than taking a beat to slow down, listen to us, understand that we were afraid and just really alarmed at this point. And, you know, we felt we felt totally lied to. We felt like we were now potentially in a really dangerous situation. He didn't take the time to understand or empathize with any of that. He just kept trying to shut us down. And so both of us at this point are asking him, what's this guy's name? Do you know his last name? What's the address? Where exactly are we going? How long have you known this person? He's not able really to answer any of these questions. He just keeps giving us an address. And we're like, that doesn't tell us anything about this guy. And he would say his first name. And again, we're thinking this tells us nothing. We have no clue whose house we're going to, why we're going there, or what situation we're walking into. What if it's a sex party? What if it's an orgy? What if it's just weird and full of people we don't want to be around? What if it's not a party and it's a just a man in a van and we are about to leave the border? Our minds are running wild. And so I say, give me his phone number. If you don't give me his phone number, as soon as you slow the car down, I'm jumping. I said something along the lines of that. Yeah, and the reason Chaz asked for his phone number, can we say this? Are we allowed to say this? My friend has an app that is able to tell you the first and last name of American phone numbers. I've tried downloading it. It doesn't work. 
I think if you were to download it today, she's like somehow grandfathered into the download because she never deleted it, but it's very accurate. And he's reading the phone number to me in the most muffled tone to where neither Katie nor I can understand barely a word he's saying, and he would rush through it. So at this point, I see he's reading it off his phone. I take his phone. He like snatches it back so fast. But when I took it, I was able to take a picture of the phone number. So then I sent it to my friend. She confirmed the guy was who he says he was. He finally gave us the last name. I made him call the guy on the phone to tell me his it himself. He kept telling me, why don't you trust me? And I said, you have a daughter. Imagine your daughter in this situation. And I don't know you. Why the hell would I trust you? The man was delusional and genuinely expected us to trust him. And at this point, I get mad at myself because I'm the most cautious person. Yes, I can be a little spontaneous. I like to have fun. And I have been known to just jump in strangers' cars on a whim in my younger years just to see where the night takes me. And it always has led to a very fun party. Nothing bad's ever happened to me. So that's probably why. I would consider this behavior a little reckless, typically. At this point, we had known the man enough, and why wouldn't we go to dinner? We've, like, we, we had no, we did not see this coming. Exactly. We thought we were just going to dinner. Instead, plans were switched on us really at the last second. He pulled a fast one on us, and it was terrifying. As soon as the seatbelts were buckled and the doors were closed and the doors were locked is when he sprung this on us this change of plan has confirmed with her friend that this was a legitimate person we could google him we could see whose house we were going to at that point we kind of calmed down and we calmed down on the fear part but anger is building towards buster at this point because exactly Chaz is exactly right he has a daughter. He should fully understand safety concerns from a woman's perspective because wouldn't you want your daughter to feel that way? Wouldn't you want your daughter to ask questions and be cautious and not just say yes to a random party with people that she doesn't know? And at this point, it's it's just become completely obvious that the man is totally detached from reality. He has no remorse no empathy whatsoever for how we were feeling. And so at this point, Chaz and I are both just feeling pissed. And so we have absolutely terrible attitudes coming into this party. I mean, we're obviously laughing with each other because the whole situation is unbelievable and we can't believe we've gotten ourselves into this. And now that we know it's a legitimate party and we're going to a really nice house in the hills, we just think it's funny between each other. But we're pissed at Buster and now we've like we just have to deal with him for the rest of the night. So we get to the neighborhood. It is this absolutely stunning neighborhood full of gorgeous mansions, absolutely like beautifully manicured lawns, gated entrances. We are in very very bougie LA. And the house that we're going to the party at is just absolutely stunning. It's all white. It's got these gorgeous pillars in the front. It's just, it's so beautiful. But of course, it's a party. And so the streets all around it, like all of the parking is full. And so Buster has to park the car several streets away, basically like a mile away. And Chaz and I had gotten dressed before leaving. We were taking photos. We knew it was, you know, a nice night out. It was Saturday night in LA. And we wanted to look good. And so we had worn our best outfits to go out in. We were both wearing really high heels. Chaz is wearing <laughs> this teeny tiny little slip dress, 
hot Barbie pink slip dress. You guys know what Chaz looks like by now. Chaz in this dress looks like a straight hooker, like a high-end hooker, but a hooker. I thought you were going to say beautiful Barbie, but you know what? Hooker's not wrong either. We know. I mean, yeah, like hooker Barbie is <laughs> what you looked like. You looked stunning, obviously. You always do. But you look like a whore. <laughs> it was a bold choice. And I. It was just the thinnest little piece of fabric covering her boobs and just like right over her ass and nothing else. Yeah. And I had on. Katie and I switched shoes. She had on this really cool green top and skirt. And it was like a bright green. We both were wearing the most vibrant colors we own. Yeah. I let Katie borrow my white heels because it went better with her outfit. And then. She let me borrow her bright orange strappy heels. So if the dresses weren't attention grabbing enough, the heels definitely were, the orange ones at least. So just keep that in mind, high heels, bright colors. Yep. And so Buster parks the car. He parks the car like a mile away from where this address actually is because there was no parking close to it. He tries to get away with, with it. With hills, hills, tons of hills. Yeah, we're in the hills. It's just you, we would be hiking to the house essentially. Uh, so Chaz then looks at him and goes, You're kidding, right? And he was like, What do you mean? <laughs> I'm gonna do an impression of Buster's voice later for you guys, but it, that's very much what he sounds like. He just goes, What do you mean? <laughs> oh my god, you nailed it! <laughs> Thank you so much. So Chaz goes, is this a fucking joke? She doesn't actually say that. But that was very much the tone is like, are you fucking kidding me? We are not walking a mile over hills in stilettos to get to this fucking party. Drop us off and go park the car. We'll see you inside. May, may I chime in? Yes. So at this point, this is the most livid I've been. I now have am feeling guilt for not only putting myself – and a potentially what we thought might have been one of the more dangerous situations we've ever been in, but my best friend, this man fully ruined the buzz I had going from the fun day drinking with Katie and my entire mood at that. I'm feeling so insecure because I do go out in LA a lot. I have a few friends in LA and I did not agree to go out, mingle with people with this man on this man's arm. I felt like he was just using us as arm and eye candy because Again, Katie said we wore our cutest outfits, not for him, for us. We were so excited to wear these dresses. And for me, I was like, when am I ever going to wear this dress again? Because I don't, I don't dress that. I, you know, we joke about my prostitute aesthetic, but it's very, I, I do dress more conservatively than most. It's just my body shape makes it look a little bit more erotic or. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. So I don't normally dress like this in my hometown. So this was a fun, special night for me. Couldn't wait to go sit at a nice dinner or whatever. As he's trying to have us drop off way away from the place, he agrees to drop Katie and I off and he'll go park and come in. I'm noticing more and more people walk into the house party and every single one of them is wearing all white, all white. So there we go. Everyone's wearing all white. Chaz and I are walking, watching more and more people come in. Everyone's wearing white. I believe we stopped a girl on the sidewalk on the way there and we were like hey are you going to the party up here and she was like yeah and she looked at our outfits and she goes it's a white party isn't it and I said <laughs> it better not be it better fucking not be not only am I embarrassed enough to be with this man who's much older than I had remembered him looking but dressed the way I am at a stranger's party which I probably have a few mutuals LA is not that big just like New York but now all eyes on us 
it was, it felt humiliating and it shouldn't, Mm -hmm. and it's not even from a shallow standpoint. It's from a social anxiety standpoint. I already, we both were already feeling rattled and misled and were very irritable. And now to have to mingle with a ton of people when my social media meter was already low after exerting myself all day, having maniacal arguments with Buster, but now I have to figure out who I already know here, explain to them why the fuck this man is up my ass and I'm dressed the way I am. And it just was overwhelming. Yes. I agree with all of those feelings. Obviously, I don't know as many people in LA as Chaz does, and I wasn't necessarily concerned about that. However, if you're walking into a party in a very, very nice setting and you find out it's a white party and you're wearing hot pink and bright green – We stuck out like there was a spotlight on us. It looked like we had just no regard for the host and their dress code. It looked like we wanted all of the attention and all of the eyes on us. Why else would you come dress like that? And then, of course, we had to just explain to everyone that we met and everyone we spoke to there that the person who brought us just didn't tell us it was a white party. And, we, of course, we tried explaining that to Buster and he didn't understand a thing just it was like a, an alien concept to him that we were upset that we weren't in the dress code it was the same premise of him saying oh a mentally ill person having a nervous breakdown you can just talk them into positivity and it'll be fine he kept saying it doesn't matter what people think you should be confident no matter what you're wearing and to that i responded this is la You took me to a party in the hills that you wanted to show us off because you want to look good to them, which it seems like no one here knows you, by the way. But for someone who keeps preaching, doesn't matter what people think, why did you bring us here? We told you we didn't want to be here. Exactly. We weren't trying to go to this party. We weren't the ones desperate to get there, so desperate that we would mislead someone in order to drag them there against their will. And that's exactly what he kept saying. He just kept being like... (laughs) This is another impression. Everybody get ready. You got being like, well, I'm a rebel and I like, I like to break the rules. I don't play by the rules. <laughs> and, I, and also what we forgot to mention is this party, not only was it all white, it was outside in the person's extremely nice lawn. So everyone had on flats. You cannot wear heels on a very expensive grass lawn. You will ruin the grass. It, so we, at this point, we just look – it's not even about, oh, my God, they're going to think our outfits are ugly. It was, oh, my God, we look like assholes. Mm-hmm. We look like prostitute assholes. With this old man that I never realized he was this old in the dim lighting of catch. <laughs> <laughs> just a comedy of errors from start to finish. But eventually, of course, Chaz and I – We find the bar in this place. We ditch Buster. We just start talking to people and meeting people. We met actually quite a few very cool people at this party. It was a stunning environment. We absolutely did not fit in with the dress code (laughs) whatsoever. But we at least had a good time with each other. And Chaz and I were kind of skirting Buster and ignoring him. And, you know, he kept coming up to us and trying to get us to eat tacos that he had found somewhere at the party the amount of times he said Chaz there's a taco bar to which I responded you promised me a nice dinner I'm not going (laughs) to ruin the man's lawn walk to the taco bar and eat cold tacos that have been sitting out all day I would rather just have it I'm gonna at this point I'm thinking Katie we can take a car back and go have a nice dinner ourselves 
Yeah. Which if he would have just been transparent from the beginning, I would have opted for that anyway. If he had right, an issue, we would have chosen. Yeah, like if you have an issue with money and you can't fund it, granted you shouldn't have been that misleading and say I'm going to treat you and your friend to a wonderful vacation, uh not vacation, well like weekend getaway. If you just would have been upfront, I would have said, "Okay, I have realistic expectations. Let's not, you know, bait anyone with false promises. I'm happy to fund every single dinner piece of food I eat." I appreciate the yep. place to stay. And and also, if you're that broke, why would you book a place that's $1,000 a night? We also have to remember, he originally wanted me to bring my entire group of friends out when it was their birthday, the weekend prior. So again, this I don't want it to sound like we we're taking advantage of this man or ungrateful. It was just extremely misleading. And living beyond his means or just... Or lying. All of the above. Mm-hmm. So he's chasing a few tacos. I keep befriending some very interesting people. My favorite of which was a Christian karate fitness instructor, wonderful woman. Katie's trying to do damage control. Exactly. As Chaz was talking to this <laughs> karate person. Christian karate. <laughs> Buster kept coming up to us. And I figure at this point, he promised to take us to dinner. I would still like to do that. I would like to leave this party at some point. And if he's going to drive us and take us to a nice dinner, I would prefer that than obviously buying an Uber all the way out to the hills and figuring out what we're going to do next and not having a convenient way back to all of our things. So I was like, okay, let's just keep Buster happy and try to explain the situation to him because he at this point is following me around asking me what's wrong with Chaz and why she's angry at him and why she doesn't trust him. (laughs) And so I'm just trying to explain it to him over and over. And the man's not getting it whatsoever. But I just keep, I keep reinforcing the point that that's not an okay thing to do to any woman, regardless of really whether she trusts you or not. If you respect her and you like her and you want to spend time with her, you should be open about your plans and you shouldn't just take her to someone's house she doesn't know and refuse to give her more information about it. So I keep having that conversation with him throughout the night, whatever. We're there for a couple of hours. Chaz and I are hungry at this point. We're refusing to eat the tacos because we will go to dinner, whether it's on our own or with him. We go and find him and we say, hey, we're ready to leave. It's getting cold. We would like to go to dinner. Are you still Are you still in for that plan? And he tells us yes. The reservation at the hotel, the really nice dinner he had promised and baited us with, that reservation had been long gone. Yeah. So at this point, we try to just wing it. And he was like, let's go back to Melrose. You, we can go to that place you and Katie saw earlier that you thought was cute that you didn't get to go to. So I said, fine. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, has he been sneaking a bunch of drinks? Because he's very good at making it look like he's not drinking a lot when he's in front of us because he knows how paranoid we are about drunk driving. So I'm thinking, is he okay? I also tell him, okay, let's go. Can you go? And he's like, okay, let's go. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I am not leaving this party with you. I already have drawn enough attention. I already am dressed so insane for a... a, And no matter how nice the house, I've been to parties in the hills. This was a day party. I'm already wearing a silk mini dress and heels. I'm not being seen leaving with an older man. I will not fit this sugar baby prostitute aesthetic. Again, all power to you if you fall into that category. Women empowerment. For me, I look like I do, but I don't. And I don't want the wires getting crossed. Realistically, no one probably gave a fuck. It's probably just me having social anxiety and being in my head that day. But I I made it clear I will not be walking out of the door with him, nor will Katie. 
So he goes and gets the car. Yes. Jazz was like, I'm not leaving with you. <laughs> and I was trying not to laugh because she had so many fair points, but it was just so funny to listen to her tell him to his face. I'm not leaving with you. People will think I'm a prostitute. Go get the car. And so he did. He went, he got the car, he pulled it up. We hop, we hop in. Chaz is in the front. I'm in the back. We're excited to go to dinner. We're finally getting back on track for the evening we wanted to have that we thought we were having originally. And so Buster starts driving on the way to dinner. Buster immediately runs a stop sign, like immediately in the middle of this neighborhood. Thank God there was no one around, but just fully blew past it. It wasn't like he didn't see it. He had no regard for it whatsoever. So right away, we are right back in it. Chaz and I both immediately start yelling at him again. I don't I don't even think I yelled that much. I'll let Katie. Buster has no regards for stop signs or anyone else's opinions or emotions or anything. No, none whatsoever. So right away, Chaz is like, that was a stop sign. Why did you just run a stop sign? He goes, oh, uh, I didn't see it. Like, uh, I'm a rebel and I break the rules. And so we're both piling on at this point. I'm in the backseat. Like, what the fuck? Why are you running stop signs? If you're that drunk, let's call an Uber. You don't need to be driving us anywhere if you're going to just be blowing past stop signs. I was like, that's not a fucking suggestion. He's yelling back at us as though he did nothing wrong, as though he's defending his actions at this point. We come to another stop sign. He's like, look, I stopped at this one. Chaz throws the car door open. Ran. (laughs) In her heels, in her little stilettos. We're in a pretty big SUV. It was like, what was it? It was an infinity. It was big. It was like an 80. It was like an infinity. And I am not. I I flung myself out of that front. So she jumps down from the top of this SUV, runs around the car, and gets into the back seat next to me. And she gets in and she goes, I am not going to die in this car because I'm sitting in the front seat. She goes, if you're going to drive like this, I'm sitting in the back where I'm protected. Which is true. In that moment, if think hindsight's 2020, we absolutely... Anyone listening, and you know, I doubt anyone would be in a similar situation, but if you are, do not get back in the car. I should have just kept running. I should have opened Katie's door, grabbed her and just called a lift. I really regret getting back in the car. That was, that was reckless in my opinion. But in the moment, it's really hard to think straight when there's just so much going on. And, but I, I do regret that we should have just gotten out of it. I agree. I think we should have just left the car, but uh, you're right. It was really hard to think straight. There was so much adrenaline pumping. We had no service. We didn't want to separate. And at that point, I'm still buckled into the car. If Buster decides to take off, we needed to be together no matter what. Otherwise, one of us is stuck in the car and the other one's out. So Chaz gets back in. Well, I don't know if anyone's ever been in this in certain areas of LA, but there are some areas where it is so hard to have service. I have AT&T. And also, even if you do get service, the lifts take forever. At this point, it's getting dark and we're still dressed out as we are. And we don't know. There is more reasoning for us to get back in. But disclaimer, just don't get back in. Yeah. If we had it to do over, we would have just put up with it. Maybe gone back to the house and tried to go back to the party to wait out an Uber. Yeah. Because it was also really cold. Yeah. Once the sun goes down in LA in June, it was maybe – I don't know, 55, 60 degrees were in these little, well, I was in like a sweater and a skirt set. So I was okay. But Chaz was freaking. So we got back in the car. We're basically yelling at Buster all the way to the restaurant. Did anything else happen? 
so my comfort song of the week that week was Sandstorm, the DDR song. It's like... Wow, thank you so much for singing that. I'm saying it so well. We're going to get copywritten. In case anyone's unfamiliar with Sandstorm, it sounds exactly like that. Definitely getting copywritten. But Katie has all these videos of me when I finally did calm down on the way to the party and leaving before he ran the stop sign of me just twirling my ponytail, blaring Sandstorm. And in the videos, this is so creepy. He is just gazing at me while driving, which is probably more dangerous had he been wasted driving. Like he's not, eyes are not on the road. They're on me dancing Mm -mm. Sandstorm. Well, that was part of the reason I wanted to document it because I wanted you to see because you're just flinging your head around. So you didn't know he was looking at you like that. But I was like, this is the creepiest shit of my life. And I mean, at this point, we're several drinks in for the day and the night. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. I got to get this on video. (laughs) (laughs) Just blasting sandstorm. I was like, what is happening? If anyone would like, we can't post that because he's in it. But if anyone would like to witness this, we will privately send it to you yeah we'll send you that video it's hilarious so we got to the restaurant finally (laughs) buster pulls up outside he we get out and then he takes off as soon as we close the car door he zooms away and i'm like this is it we're stranded yet again because he never said he was gonna go park the car nothing he said he was getting in with us I, i thought they had a valet like as usual blindsided by buster Exactly. Fully blindsided. Does not communicate a single thing to us. Just takes off. And we're like, well, at least at this point, we're going to have dinner. So we just go inside. We don't wait for him because he didn't say he was coming. A few minutes later, he did show back up. As it turns out, he went to go park the car somewhere. God knows where. It's probably not even in his a car. It's probably He probably returned it to the owner. <laughs> So he comes back inside. He was like, I thought you guys were going to wait for me. (laughs) We were like, we didn't know if you were coming. Yeah, I got a reservation. I got a spot at the bar for two. When he came, we had to, I was like, well, now that you're here, now we have to wait longer. I don't know. It was like a whole thing. But anyway, at this point, I am livid and we finally get seated and we're just all eating and there's so much tension. We cannot continue this trip with him. Exactly. And I don't remember when we talked about this. I feel like maybe he went to the bathroom at some point in this dinner. And that was when you and I started that conversation because we were both like, we were both on the same page of we don't want to keep hanging out with this guy. At this point, we felt so taken advantage of, unsafe, totally just unconsidered. None of this was designed for us to have a good time at that point. It was only him. It was completely selfish and he wasn't communicating with us at all. So yeah, Chaz and I both just kind of wanted to call the weekend right there. We would go off, do our own thing. So we had begun that conversation when Buster had gone to the bathroom at the restaurant. During dinner, Again, Chaz was so angry at this point and so checked out of entertaining Buster or at all pretending or wanting him to think that she might be into him. I don't know. That's maybe a bad way to say that, but just not wanting him to think that he had a chance. Well, he already, I feel, was gathering that because, again, we started this trip with me actually being attracted to this man because he was completely different. And all the research I did, it all added up. And then the more I interacted with him, the more of the ick I got. And we still had to go. We still had the whole extra part of the trip where he was supposed to take me to Solvang, which is like the little Dutch community in California. That was a three-ish hour drive, which we definitely would have died on. (laughs) Yeah. 
There was supposed to be a whole second part of this trip that never actually happened. We were supposed to, the next morning, wake up, drive up to wine country and Solvang and stay at a different place there. And we were going to spend a night or two in wine country before coming back. And at that point, Chaz and I just wanted to skip that part. We didn't want to go to a second location with him. We wanted to make sure that we could actually make our flights back at LAX because Buster has no concept of time, no concept of time management. We had missed several deadlines, reservations, plans at that point, and he was incapable of communicating a plan to us and sticking to any sort of timing. So Chaz and I were talking with each other at dinner and we were like, this is not worth risking missing our flights back for, which I doubt we would have made had we gone. There's no way. It would have been over, I think, a three-hour drive to the airport. I don't fact check me on that because I, that could be wrong, but it was hour, multiple hours. <laughs> and there's no way we would have left Sol- Solvang or wine country, wherever, and made it to LAX the same day. This man takes two hours to do a 10-minute task. Exactly. No concept of timing. And again, he claims to be this very successful businessman who's trying to buy a massive media company or in talks to buy a massive media company. The man went to Harvard and Yale. Tell me how someone like that is incapable of getting anywhere on time. How do you get to be an extremely high-powered business executive if you can't show up on time? Those two things don't go together. The research we did, we validated all of that portion of him was true. Mm -hmm. But people change. Things happen. There's a, you know, we don't know why he, I, well, anyway, we, people change. But what I do remember too is him saying at the start of the trip when we were like, why did you get such a big speaker? Him saying, oh, so we can have a party. And I realized in that moment, you think this trip, you think we're going to allow you to keep us in this house play your speaker at all hours of the day and night and be in the hot tub with you. This is all you want to do while you have your seven snacks a day. (laughs) I think he was really hoping, I think he maybe has been with women who would have been fine with that. Or maybe Mm -hmm. he's never been with anyone. His daughter is a lie. He doesn't actually have kids because he's never actually been around a woman. No, I can confirm he was married. The New York Times had even posted about his wedding. It was... Oh, yeah. I forgot we found that. Yeah. So anyway, so we're at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we're at dinner. I'm still trying to have some kind of conversation with Buster, mostly so that we can get back to our things in one piece and so that he doesn't go ballistic on us or get irrationally angry or God knows what this guy's going to do at this point when we tell him we don't want to go with him up to wine country. So I'm trying to just, again, ask him questions. I probably asked him every single one of the same questions that I had asked him night one Mm -hmm. because we had been drinking all day and just none of his answers ever made sense. I kept trying to dig into them a little more. I was grilling him a little bit about the media deal that he had been telling us about just trying to see if I could kick the tires on it, see how legitimate he was and, He would go in circles. I don't know. None of it really seemed to check out. Yeah. It was very circular. It was very vague. Mm -hmm. There was – he didn't speak like a person who knows what he's talking about. No. And Katie and I, with the jobs we do, we can pick up on that. Or maybe we can't because we agreed to go. No. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) 
But I mean, at least if someone's talking details of those sorts of things with me, I'm I can keep up. Like I know what I'm talking about. I know what it sounds like, at least if someone knows their shit. This man did not know any of his shit. So we finished dinner. I th- did we get back without incident? I think we did. Well, so we're going back, and at this point, I tell him on the way home. Look, because I know once I get home, I'm going straight to my room. I am calling it a night. I don't want to talk to him. I need to just get this out of the way so we can go home, pack our shit, and be ready in the morning. So I just tell him, like, look, it seems like you have a lot going on in your life as far as the woman, the media deal. It seems like you're spread really thin, and we don't want to inconvenience you. I know you had solving planned, but at this point, I we cannot risk going and then not getting back in time for our flight in case a last-minute meeting comes up for you or something because that seems to be a theme. I think it's best that tonight be our last night. I, I said, I think it's best we don't go to Solvang. And he was like, oh, well, do you want to stay in Malibu? Whatever. And I said, I don't. I think it's best um, we just go get our own place and um, you can go back to business and wine country. And at that point, he said, well, maybe we can get another night since the hot tub was broken, which it wasn't. The hot tub was never broken. I don't know why. No, there was nothing wrong with the hot tub. <laughs> I don't know about that. And he said, well, can you call them and ask? Again, expecting a woman just to do his chores for him. We're supposed to give him a wake-up call. We're supposed to make his beans for him. (laughs) We're supposed to call the hotel reservation and ask for a discount or an extra night because something's broken. Basically tasking us. All the time. Like we're his employees. All the time. So odd. Which he claimed that he had an assistant. And given the notes app on his phone, I really don't think that. I'm on the phone with the people. He's got his headphones, his wired headphones in again. He's driving back from our dinner. It's nighttime now. And he's still got the wired headphones in, which is, I'm pretty sure, illegal. They asked for the confirmation code and I ask him what it is. He mumbles as usual. He keeps reading it off of his phone in this notes app. And Katie's finally says, dude, keep your eyes on the road. And focus, just hand her your phone so she can read it. Because it got to the point where it was like my fourth try trying to give this woman our the place's confirmation code. He snaps at Katie and says, Katie, you're just trying, you're causing a problem when there isn't one. And at this point I said, no, why don't you just let me see the confirmation code? Right. If you are driving all over the road like a madman, even without looking at your phone, as soon as you add being preoccupied with your phone, Chaz and I said this a couple of times while we were there, he's like a fucking iPad kid. The man would not look away from his phone screen while driving. It was so scary. And at that point, I had no reason to be polite anymore. And I was just over it. And I was pissed at him for putting us in such unsafe situations repeatedly where he could not drive in a straight fucking line and follow the rules of the road. Just basic shit, you know, to get through life. He couldn't do any of that. So I just snapped at him and I was like, give her the phone. Stop looking at it. Look at the road. And then he snapped back at me. So that got us nowhere. So at this point, it's now extremely awkward and tense. I'm still wondering if the weird one-way flight he has for me, I start looking at flights in case he revokes it. I can afford a flight. Would I rather, I would rather not pay almost $700 for a (laughs) one-way at a really shitty time that's not even a direct flight but that I had very limited options but I was fully prepared to get my own flight but we're still trying to keep the peace because it's not even about me keeping my flight it's about us not being 
fucked with or our shit like being kicked out in the middle of the night right it's about us getting out of their yeah seat. so i get off the phone with the people they do not honor his request for a free night we go back and it's so tense i go right to my room katie comes with me we hear the giant speaker blaring what kind of music was it i can't i couldn't possibly begin to describe it it was techno-y edm maybe even a little bit dubstepy. it was so aggressive and it was so aggressive it was blasting. And Katie and I feel like we're now in a horror movie. Because we had told him, we're tired, we're exhausted, we'll probably call it a night and just go to bed. And then as soon as we get there, he's just, just blaring his speaker through the entire house. And we have to remember the next day was Father's Day, which is a weird time for me. I I notice a pattern in my behavior where I only, I told myself I would not be dating men out of my age range, no one over 40. 30 to 40 was my rule, preferably mid-30s is ideal for me. And I always seem to break this rule and go a little older. I hit the mid-40s range around Father's Day. And I think it's the daddy issues flaring up. But the next day's Father's Day, where is this man's family? Which almost made me feel bad. I'm like, if you really do have these children, why are you spending Father's Day with two random women? Where are your children? It's so weird. I think we tried to ask him about it the next morning, honestly. Well, he had all these stories about his kids, which when Katie Mm -hmm. came into the picture, he never brought them up again. It was bizarre. Mm -hmm. Katie and I are just like, what the actual fuck? She goes up to her room. He finally turns off the music or brings it up to the hot tub. I don't know what he did with the music. And then we just hear him screaming. And then he starts screaming my name. Just at the top of his lungs. He, I don't know where he was in the house because I was in my room. The door was closed. I'm getting ready for bed. Actually, I think I was washing my face. I was in the bathroom. Door was closed. I'm just trying to have a peaceful last night, getting ready for bed, decompressing from the day all throughout the house. Katie! And I'm not responding because I was scared. I didn't know what he wanted from me at that point. He had been so aggressive toward me earlier when all I was trying to do was keep the peace and get there in one piece. And he's going, Katie! At this point, I'm in my room. I'm all the way at the bottom floor. And he's like, I think outside on the middle deck. And I can hear him so well. And I'm frozen in fear. I just, I, it was fully just paralyzed by fear and anxiety because I didn't, I didn't want to go talk to him by myself. I'm in my pajamas. I'm ready for bed. This is my time. This is my private time. I was not here to spend any sort of alone time with this man. Why the fuck is he screaming my name in the night? <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. I'm faced with a choice. I'm fully naked. I have I and I'm in like half in the shower, half out, and I'm just hearing this man screech wail Katie's name and not in a fun Katie way, in a Katie way. And I'm faced with yeah, like the option it. of Yeah. Do I save her or continue to shower? Which I chose to continue to shower. Which I was trying to do. I thought for sure, if I ignore him enough times, he'll stop, right? Wrong. He didn't stop. Wrong. Maybe seven times of him screaming my name. It was a lot. It was excessive. I was like, God damn it. Why? Finally, I was like, I guess I have to fucking acknowledge this. This is no way for me to be addressed, but fine. So I poke my head out of the bathroom and I say, yes. And he goes, did you not hear me? I was yelling your name. No, I heard you. Why are you yelling my name? I don't even remember what he wanted. He wanted you because he, he was want? going back to the hot tub, I guess, to drink his Patron. Oh, well, he wanted to make sure I didn't lock right. the door. 
and close it because every night he kept throwing we never maybe talked about this he kept wanting to sleep with the doors open yes he kept wanting to sleep with all of the doors and windows to the house open so that he could hear the ocean in the night and have the breeze first of all the breeze is 50 degrees at the ocean at night it's freezing second of all the ocean is terrifying third of all who says someone can't just get in even if it's the balcony doors that lead to the ocean who says someone's not on the beach couldn't come right into the house and either steal from us or hurt us or just scare us like there's no fucking way i'm sleeping with open doors in a place where i am not familiar under no circumstances fourth of all you can't hear the ocean without hearing the highway which was horrifying and louder than the ocean the whole thing all around was bizarre that he wanted to do that in any circumstance. So every night after I knew he had gone to bed, I would do a full check of all the doors and locks and make sure everything was closed, everything was locked. So I guess he knew that I had been doing that. So he's screaming my name because he wants to go up to the hot tub and he wants to make sure I'm not going to lock him out. So at that point, I was just like, Lord, get me through this night. I don't give a shit. So I was just like, okay, and shut the door. (laughs) Oh, he also told you, though – He said, neither of you told me thank you, in which my psychic abilities had kicked in because at this point I can't hear their conversation. Right as he said that, I showed Katie the timestamp. I texted him, thank you for dinner because I did, again, I I wanted to make sure I could go to sleep feeling like this man isn't going to have a nervous breakdown since we told him we no longer want to continue the trip with him. So I did say, by the way, regardless of the mishaps and miscommunication tonight, Thank you for dinner. I don't even remember him saying he that. He did. To me. I think you were just so stressed and rattled. I was I was afraid. Yeah. I did not want to be alone with him under any circumstances. And so the fact that he was screaming at me and then being aggressive for me wanting to be safe and locking the doors and telling me not to. I was just like, yep, whatever you say. I just wanted to be done. Yeah. Loves to not be safe. It was horrifying. That happens whatever. He finally turns off the speaker. I assume he goes up to the hot tub, does whatever it is he was doing every night, and we go to bed. It's our final night in Malibu. We finally made it, and we're feeling pretty good that, you know, we're going to get through this night. He's not going to go off on us, and we're going to be able to get out here in the morning. So we had told him, what time do you need to leave tomorrow? What time do you want to be ready? What time do you want to go? And he had given us a time. It was like 10 a.m., right? The checkout time was 10 a.m., it, to the point where if you stay past that, you will get charged, which if this one thing this man does not enjoy, it's being charged for something. <laughs> it's paying for things. <laughs> so I wake up super early because I'm so eager to get out. I book Katie and I, the, a lot was booked for whatever reason this weekend, but I find something. It was like in Brentwood or something with wood in it. That was like a 30 minute drive from LAX. So I thought acceptable 30 minute drive from where we were. And the rest of the day, I could not wait to show Katie Melrose trading post and walk around LA, like all the places my other best friend, Megan, show, like we go to when I visit her. Because Katie, again, she hasn't really gotten to see the fun side of LA that makes me love it so much. So I'm eager to get the fuck out of there and start this portion of the trip with her. So I tell him, hey, I, I booked a hotel. Thank you again for the wonderful stay. We do appreciate you. Happy Father's Day, blah, blah, blah. 
this is our plan. Okay, did you um, want me to drive you there? And I was like, well, I don't want to inconvenience you any more than we already have. And he was like, and the night before he had, I feel like he had agreed to drive, like help us out with that. But again, right. We had offered, we had been like, we'll just get an Uber. If you have plans, if you need to get going, no worries. Don't worry about us driving to the hotel. We'll just grab an Uber in the morning. And he insisted on you know, making it up to us, being a gentleman, driving us to the hotel. And we knew we had to be checked out by 10. So we were like, okay, we'll be ready. We'll see you in the morning. Morning comes. He tells me, well, so I text him the the new plans where the hotel is located. And then all of a sudden he says, oh, well, I have a brunch with friends on the opposite side of town. Can I just bring you into that area to which I said no um that is in the complete opposite direction we have our bags and also it's father's day what do you mean brunch with friends but not my business and I said it's fine we can just get a car and he insisted he felt so horrible for all the shit that had gone down he said no I will drive you and I said okay well we're ready Katie and I are so good so fast so efficient prompt we are ready all of our bags are packed And we were excited to get out of there. So you bet your ass we were ready to go. He's like in his boxers. And Katie is like, Chaz, does the man have half of an erection? It was so gross and dry. Every time. It was. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his deal was with like, maybe he just doesn't wear underwear under his pajamas. But the man looked like a slob kebab. But again, okay, you just woke up. You probably kept drinking after we went to sleep. You just look sloppy and gross. And at this point, I'm just have the ick so bad. But he's. Then asking if we can help him do the dishes and stuff, which we already had cleaned up. And none of the dishes were ours. Every time we used something, we put it away and like cleaned it, put it away. Exactly. Nothing that was left out had been touched by us. It was his food plates that he had been eating off of, his dirty ass limes all over the counter, his crumbs everywhere. He ate your leftovers and would leave them out half eaten all night. Things that I'm pretty sure had dairy in it and would just, he continued eating them the next day. Keep in mind, we never had any water. So he's just got the driest mouth. He woke up, what was the thing that, oh, tortilla chips, old Tostitos. He would wake up and just started housing them with no water. Smashing them into his mouth, crumbs everywhere, no water, no napkin, only bottle of Patron. So this man said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I insist on driving you, but I'm going to put you to work one last time. So then I, he has me up on the top deck, finagling, getting this giant hose down. I bring it down to him to be a good guest. And he goes, oh, there's still another part. Can you go get it? Dude, what at, what the fuck ever? Just don't cancel my flight. <laughs> so, right. Chaz was really worried about her flight. I wanted to just call an Uber. I kept trying to be like, Chaz let's get the fuck out of here. Let's just call a car. But she had to make sure her flight wouldn't be canceled on her. So we put up with it. We stayed. We did his chores for him. He kept saying, okay, I just like in 10 minutes, I'll be ready. And then it's now 930. Oh yeah, I'll be ready really soon. And he kept baiting us, making it sound like he was about ready to walk out the door. So I was like, Katie, by the time the Uber gets here, he's going to be ready. Right. He'll be ready. And then we'll just be able to go. He is never ready. 10 o'clock comes by. We go down to his room. He's on a call. Because he's still in his pajamas. We're thinking, oh, he went down to pack his bags and put clothes on so we can go because it's about to be checkout time and he'll get charged for another day if he doesn't. So we're thinking he's gone downstairs to do all of those things. And we're thinking we're going to leave really soon. He's gone for like 10, 15 minutes. We don't hear anything. We don't hear a peep. 
We don't hear him pulling a suitcase up the stairs, nothing. So Chaz and I trot ourselves down to his room and he's in the bed in his pajamas on another fucking call with his one headphone dangling out of his ear, staring at his phone screen. What's goddamn new? Yeah. Nothing is packed. His luggage, I'm noticing for the first time, is all broken zippers, like borderline Jansport book bags. What? All of his shit is all over the place. He completely unpacked in this room that we were staying in. For it was nights. giving squatter. <laughs> yes, it was absolutely giving squatter. And so we kind of look at him and Charles is like, oh, are you going to be ready to go soon? I thought we had to check out. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost done. I'm finishing up. So we leave again. We think, okay, he's finishing. He'll be ready soon. Another 10 minutes go by. We come back down to check on progress. He's still in the exact same position, has done nothing different. So at the, I, I'm done. I'm ready to fucking leave. I want to I wanna go. And so I just march into the room and I stand there and I was like, I'm going to have to stay here until he does what he needs to do and I will have to march him up these stairs. I'm like his babysitter at this point. But I didn't even care. I just wanted to leave. So I was going to do whatever it took. Before that, I suggested one last attempt to get him to get his ass going. So I said, Katie, let's fake, let's role play a scenario of the property manager coming to alert us. It is now past checkup out time and threatening to charge us if we don't leave. So I put on my acting hat, which I don't have. And you can ask anyone who's ever worked with me in sales. When it comes time to role play, I hate it. But I did it for the greater good. She did every every part. She played the property manager. She played her. She played me walking back and <laughs> forth upstairs because he was downstairs. So he wasn't going to know what we were doing. Jazz fully goes outside, knocks on the door from the outside. I let her in. We kind of mumble back and forth about nothing for a second to fake a conversation with this property manager. Then she tiptoes across the floor back to where I'm sitting to make it seem like we're just talking about it amongst ourselves. We're going to try to import we're going to try to import the audio, but in case it doesn't work, we're going to play it. So if it's a little fuzzy, just do your best, bear with us, but it's I think it's worth hearing. For us, we need we didn't need to make sure this is in for our memory's sake. What do you mean? We have to go. Oh. I don't know who that was. Wait, was it a property manager? I don't know. Do we work here? I have no idea, but I would guess. Or I don't know how that works. Maybe it's the cleaning people. Should we go to it? I don't want to interrupt the call, but I don't know what else to do. I don't want them to get charged. Where is my Oscar? Performance of a lifetime. To me the actress. But before Katie did this, you're forgetting there was a time after this where she goes down there, hell's blazing, hell's a blazing, whatever. And the man has the bathroom door wide open and is peeing, dick out. And we're, I followed her. So we're both just staring at him. 
And then at that point, we're like, oh, shit. Now we just look like creeps. So then we, like, tiptoe. I traumatized. I blocked that out. Scurried away. I forgot about that. And uh, so, yeah, but then after that, she. We scurry away. Yep. So I'm standing in the middle of his room. My hands are on my hips. I'm basically tapping my foot, looking at a fake watch at this point so that he knows it's go time, bitch. Like, you got to move. Otherwise, we're out of here because I am not waiting around on his ass anymore. And so I just stand there until it becomes apparent that he's going to have to do something or I won't leave. And so he finally throws the covers off, gets out of bed, goes to change. He goes into the bathroom to change. I I continue standing in the middle of his bedroom floor because he is not getting away from this. (laughs) I then watch him pack all of his things into the suitcases. Final task of the day that he decides to give us he makes us carry his suitcases upstairs for him. And it wasn't just suitcases. It is trash bags, plastic bags. It's trash bags, tote bags, like an Ikea bag. Yeah. A Jansport backpack. Grifter vibes. I, I don't even know how. It was so, like, everyone makes fun of my Osprey and my luggage. But at least it's real luggage and it's not trash bags. At least the zippers work. I it, I was so shocked when I got a good because this is my first time getting a good look at the luggage minus when we helped him bring it in the other the first night but at that point I was just so rattled and nervous of what the house looked like I wasn't focused on it so we finally pack the car he's apologizing we take the drive he drops us off at the hotel Katie and I can take a deep breath finally yep, we're finally on our own we had no water no coffee no food it's now. 12 something in the middle of the day so we just go as quick as we can to melrose trading post have a great time okay you have to go back a little bit because before we left him he did one final absolutely unhinged thing might have been the most unhinged thing of the entire trip actually considering how things had gone to this point we told him what hotel it was he must have thought because Chaz booked this hotel when we were in an absolute panic when we were just like we gotta get out of here we will take anything with availability that's close enough to the airport and close enough to where we want to actually spend the day so we just need a serviceable workable hotel that we can get to that's gonna be fine it ended up being I mean it wasn't nice by any means but it was clean it was fine it was just one of those chain hotels it was fine but he found out where we were staying and his first reaction was do you guys need money yeah oh wait and before this sorry we have to backtrack even more when we were helping him do chores before leaving katie went to take the unopened wine oh yeah i wanted to take it because Whatever. The man had bottles of Patron to himself. We had bought three pretty nice bottles of wine for the weekend. There was one that we didn't get to open and it was the bottle of red. So I thought, okay, he probably doesn't want this. I don't want it to go to waste. And so I'll just put it with my stuff and me and Chaz can drink it at the hotel later or like have it this afternoon or something. So I put it with my luggage. As he's unpacking the fridge and putting everything back into his moldy fucking cooler, including the vat of beans and all of the chips and all of my leftovers that have been sitting out for like like 12 hours straight he goes where's the other wine and I thought for sure he wasn't gonna remember because he had barely touched wine since we had been there Chaz and I were drinking the wine why would he even know about it he guzzles straight tequila why did he need the wine yeah so he goes where's the other bottle of wine and I tried to play dumb for a second I was like oh which one was there another one and he goes yeah I was here 10 minutes ago I was like are you doing liquor checks every what do you mean? Katie, what do you expect? The man repacked his now at least five-day-old beans into the moldy-ass cooler. He brought every morsel 
every peanut he brought, every piece, piece of hummus, whatever the fuck it was, he repacked everything. You thought he wasn't going to notice a bottle of wine? I really did. I, I Whatever. I should have just continued to play dumb and been like, oh, we drank that last night or me and Chaz actually drank that the other day. Like it wasn't – I should have just played dumb. I just wanted out of there and he was harping on it and he was like, I'm going to a brunch. I want to, I don't want to show up empty handed. So I'm going to bring this. It was like, you're going to a BYOB brunch on father's bring a bottle of red wine to brunch. So I bring him back the wine. We just needed to get out of there. He drops off at the hotel and he's like, are you sure you two don't need money? (laughs) It's fine. You've done enough. And then we go to Melrose. He's still texting me, apologizing, feeling bad for abandoning us abandoning us he's like did you two budget I know you two didn't budget to have a last minute stay somewhere else and I was like no you're right we actually didn't I'm not at this point I'm just being truthful because it's none of his business our financial stability which we are clearly financially stable exactly none of this was gonna put us in the hole or anything but no he's right like did we budget necessarily to have to pay for our own hotel and our own everything on the last day no and a huge reason I wanted to go on this trip was to experience Solvang as well and Mm -hmm. it's not my fault this man was incapable of making us feel safe (laughs) so we had to do a 180 and I was definitely bummed even because I've been to LA a million times but I was still happy to be there and show Katie around it ended up being an incredible rest of the trip yeah so we do a bunch of shopping a bunch of eating we take we go to like all the places she's been wanting to try places that I've been to and wanted her to try and we have the most magical day and we are cry laughing the entire day just taking a breather, reflecting, taking the chaos all in and honestly beaming. Like we made it out alive with one of the best, most chaotic memories to date. Finally make it back to the hotel. And the front desk is like, there's an envelope for you. He had texted me and he said, well, I feel bad. So I'm having my friend drop off something for you. It's all he has. It was the strangest thing. Talk about unhinged. He goes... (laughs) I'm having my friend drop off an envelope of cash for you. All he has on him is $100. No, he said, he said, I'm having my friend who's in the area drop off some cash or an envelope for you. He didn't even, I don't even think he specified cash. He said an envelope, (laughs) which could mean a thank you card. It could mean a A gift certificate. A gift certificate. It could mean, it could be anthrax for all we know. But he adds, it's all he has. It's all he has. It's Or like, it's all he has with him or something. It was just the weirdest wording. So we go back to the hotel. We go up to the, these people, I don't know what they thought of us. We go up to the little bellhop guy who, you know, brought bags up to rooms and things. And we were like, hey, is there an envelope? He hands us an envelope. It looks like a five-year-old has written on it. It says Chaz (laughs) on the front. And there's a $100 bill inside. All crumpled up. Would you know what? This is what I mean. Like, it was this man just thing. Like, this man has clearly <sighs> been through something in his life that he clearly was once very successful, seemed to have had a great family. And as much as an um, una- self unaware person he turned out to be, and 
stressed, stressful person he turned out to be. Part of me felt bad for him. I do have a very compassionate side. I try to see the best in people. He clearly means well. I don't want to take advantage of this man or exhaust his generosity, but at the same time, I don't want to be taken advantage of or have our energy exhausted and our time, mm-hmm. especially when we don't, it's none of it's necessary. Right. None of it's necessary. And also a hundred bucks in the grand scheme of things, if you're paying for a hotel room in LA for the night, all of your food and drink, like a hundred bucks doesn't really go that far. <laughs> no, but I, th- I still thought it was very it was nice. nice gesture. It was in, it was the one thing that sort of endeared him. After everything that had happened, it was a kind thing to do. And I do believe his intentions overall were good. He just has a lot of issues communicating and his, I don't know, the execution was terrible. But the intentions, I believe, were good. Well, so Katie and I also spent the day researching him a little deeper because what I realized is of course, on my boarding pass, it was his home address, which was none of the cities or even state that he had told us he lived. So we st- I type in, in quotations, the address on the boarding pass and his name. I find so much crazy shit. All these LLCs linked to this address in Las Vegas. And we start doing a deep, deep dive. A picture starts to come together of potentially a guy who probably had everything in front of him, who had an incredible education, a family, lots of really, really interesting investment opportunities, and who maybe made a few bad decisions bad investments on the way. Potentially could have lost everything. I don't know. We don't really know what happened, but it seemed like up to a certain point, the story checked out. And then at one point, it goes totally off the rails. And the only address we have for him is in Vegas, which is pretty much checking out at this point. But it's just a lie, according to everything else he had told us. He had never once mentioned living in Vegas. While I'm editing the boarding pass, because I'm still paranoid this man is going to cancel my flight last minute, I switched the email from his email to mine. So I'm boarding my plane the next day. Get an email from Motel 6 to a woman's name that's spelled so uniquely I'm able to immediately find her on Facebook. The only person with this name. It's a single mother widowed and from the looks of things from the decoration on her facebook and all i cannot confirm she owned a weed farm but it was it would have made it was plausible it was definitely plausible Mm -hmm. and it says thank you for confirming your night it was the that night that following night um your stay at motel six and i'm thinking what the fuck did his his quote-unquote assistant did he tell her just use the email on the last boarding pass you booked or something and He emailed me what was meant for this other woman. I think he made a mistake. I think he emailed it to the wrong person. Yeah, I think he got women confused, the contact info. Mm -hmm. And I brought it to his attention and and he played dumb and he said, oh, I would never use your card to book a hotel, to which I was like, obviously you wouldn't because I never gave you my card info. That's like such a weird scam artist thing to say. So odd. Motels for strange women. So that was an interesting end to it. And at that point, I it was very con- con- affirming that this there's a lot of darkness to this. And yes, this was a fun, crazy, wild experience, which is what we wanted. And it was also a beautiful experience. The times we had one-on-one together. And we are very lucky. We've done similar spontaneous things 
with younger people when I was way younger and it actually ended mm -hmm. beautifully. I'm not opposed to another fun adventure unless I really know this person. Granted, even though I met Buster in person, we only went on one date and we only were texting sporadically for two weeks. There's still a 1% chance I might do something this unhinged again, but it would be under but different it would be less unhinged because you would know the person better yeah. and the, it would not be the same. I always say I date for experience, not to marry or not for a real relationship unless it leads there. But at this point, a flip has switched in me after this incident. And I think, I think I might finally be open to a real connection long-term in a relationship with someone. If I am going to meet new people, I'm going to do it more intentionally. And if I put energy into a man, I'm going to only do that if I genuinely see potential. We would have had, I don't want to say more fun because half the fun was just what was Buster going to do mm -hmm. next? And we, I mean, this will give us a story to tell and a phenomenal story to tell for the rest of our lives. So I have no regrets about doing it in the first place, but I'm with you. I wouldn't do it again, but I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we were together. I would never do it alone yeah. ever. But the fact that we were together, the fact that we're both autonomous enough, it would be one thing if we were really dependent on whoever we were visiting in terms of getting around or, you know, having enough money, whatever, because that wasn't the case actually. And Chaz and I could just leave and do whatever we wanted on our own at any point. It was kind of this perfect combination, perfect storm of a crazy experience. The, I mean, that's an absolutely wild story. We've gotten three full length podcast episodes out of this one weekend because it was that crazy, but also just us having a really good time together and cracking up about what was going on and just having the most fun. One of our best weekends, I would say. Which was, I mean, I think Chaz said this in our first episode that we talked about it, but at the end of it, Chaz apologized to me and she was like, I don't want you to be mad at me and I'm so sorry for bringing you here and putting you through this and like, I hope this doesn't, you know, affect our friendship. I don't want you to be upset because this wasn't the weekend that I thought it would be. And I looked at her and I was like, Chaz, this is one of the best things we've ever done. <laughs> like, I've had a great time <laughs> other than thinking... I was in danger of my life in the car, but that was such a short, small part of it, though it was very scary. I don't want to downplay that. And like, it was stupid of us to get back in the car. We shouldn't have done it. Yeah. But it was such a small part. The rest of it was the time of my life. It was so fucking funny. So I have no regrets about it. I would never do it again, but I'm so glad we did it. <laughs> I'm so glad we did it. I would definitely do it again with you. Like, I would not give up this experience for the world. Like, maybe that's true. Like, I would do it again if we're together because we're together. Yeah. And what I, like you said, moral of the story, the takeaways is never get in the car with anyone if they seem like they are an unsafe driver under any circumstance, no matter how cold it is matter how high your heels are even if the bad the reception's bad worst case scenario you go knock on someone's right. door you can figure it out and we will figure it out next time if there's ever a next time <laughs> and remember nothing is for free granted again i went into this with pure intentions of getting to know this person and having a great weekend and sharing the experience to be safe and also to make a memory with my best friend and get to know him and that's how i felt comfortable if you ever go into an experience, if a man ever asks, offers to fly you out, 
and it seems too good to be true. And he's saying, I totally respect your sexual boundaries and that you take things slow. Just know there's a might, unless you two have unparalleled chemistry that even you're on board and like, yes, there's a level of desperation there on his end where it's a red flag. And I knew that in the back of my head, but I've just been so deprived. I was not, I had just been so excited to do something weird with Katie and shake shit up where I was willing to take my chances. Uh, We both knew that that was the risk going into it. And we, that's why we went in with a plan. We weren't going to take any drinks that were made by anyone but us. We were going to make sure we didn't drink from the same bottle the next day, just in case it had been tampered with. We knew there were risks such as that going into it, but that's why you bring a friend. You know, if you want to get flown out by someone, you know, if they expect anything from you, if they expect your companionship and your time and your energy and you getting dressed up for them, they should be willing to include someone so that you feel safe doing that with them with no expectation, whether it works out or not. Maybe you guys vibe, maybe you click, maybe you don't. And Buster knew that going into this. I would never give someone advice not to do what we did because it was great and we had a great time. But just be smart about it like we were and get out when you know that it's time to get out exactly like we did. So there is absolutely nothing I would change about the experience. That makes me happy. (laughs) And now I... We realized a lot. We just, we took our friendship to the next level, which we always do. But it was just fun also because recording this pod allows us to reflect back on the fact that we didn't only have wild, crazy memories in our early, mid, late 20s. We're still having them as we keep (laughs) growing, getting older together. And that's something that's important to me. I never want to feel settled. I never want to feel stagnant in life. Even though this was chaotic and unhinged, as we've said, it still felt alive. And it was funny and it was fun. And I want, I just welcome these experiences. Just granted, particularly, I won't be welcoming this one ever again, but there'll be more to come. I do too. I think that's so important for both of us. And I love that that's, we've had... I would argue like some of the absolute best, like peak, most favorite experiences together have actually happened in our 30s, not in our 20s. The last month and a half that we've been able to spend back and forth with each other so much is because we're older and we're financially stable and we have careers that are really stable and allow us to travel and the fact that Chaz can come spend two weeks in Austin, we can both go to New Orleans for a weekend. We can both fly out to LA on a whim, totally spontaneously, and then plan to do it all again. Not even like two months from now, like we're doing, we're going back to New Orleans together for Chaz's birthday in September. And the fact that we can do all of these things is because we're older, we're more established, we have financial stability and careers that allow us to do that. So, and this has been some of the best times of our entire lives. Like we're having so much fun right now. So I'm, I agree with you. I'm so grateful that we can continue to do that. And I, I imagine it only gets better from here. Like I can't, I can't imagine that it couldn't. It, it definitely will continue to. And it, it also puts into perspective you even saying that, how lucky we are mm-hmm. and how we should be taking advantage of this time in our lives. I have my, I want to schedule my next solo trip soon. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go back to Europe. I've been thinking about it for a while. The little psychics in New Orleans <laughs> kind of propelled me into this and affirmed it. And I, I'm ready for more adventures. Katie and I are going back to New Orleans for my birthday. 
first week of September, um, I go back to New Orleans again for my mom's birthday in October. And there, there's just going to be a lot more to come. So much more to come. Stay tuned. <laughs> and thank you. I know this episode has been long. This has been a really involved saga with lots of details. But thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed telling you about it. This is going to be something that we can go back and listen to. And for the rest of our lives, this is such an incredible memory. And now that we have it recorded in such detail so that we never forget how much fun it was and how crazy and how funny everything was, this is really why we started this podcast in the first place. So the fact that anyone wants to listen to it, that we have listeners at all or people who check in and you know are asking for the next episode, they want to know what happens. They want to know how the story ends. That means the whole world to us. So we are so grateful to anyone who listens, thank you so much. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating if you enjoyed it. Share it with a friend if they're on a road trip and they need a crazy story to listen to and they just want to feel like they're hanging out with their girlfriends. Um, but thanks for being here. Yeah, it's very heartwarming when people reference an episode and I just am like, I can't believe you listen. Like, I think, would I listen to this if I wasn't me? And I think probably not because <laughs> – I still think we're our target audience. Same. So anytime <laughs> someone enjoys it who isn't us, I'm floored by that. Mm -hmm. All right. Until next week. Until next week. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>